Five-minute penalty to Chicago, a game misconduct, and then Manson having words with Stephen. And now, Butcher gets into it. We're going to have a brawl, folks. Stand by. Hey, what up, everyone? Tyler Cash here, coming at you again with another episode of Fourth Line Goon. Um, contrary to uh, popular belief, I am not drunk for this episode. Rare. Change it up a little bit. Yeah, rare. Uh, listening back to that last one was pretty rough, uh, but I am enjoying uh, my second C4 energy drink of the day, so my heart is ticking. How are you doing, man? Good. Got a nice ice-cold margarita. Taco okay. night. Can't okay, complain. so we're, we're switching it up a little bit. You're the one that's uh, that's getting a little drunk uh, hey, for, for the podcast. First margarita, yeah, it might be a little, it might be slurring after this one, so watch out. Okay, yeah, yeah. After listening to the last episode, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna pump the brakes a little bit. But I remember <laughs> that was a long day. That was a long, long day. I had quite a few white claws, and um, yeah, I'm taking a little bit of a break uh, from drinking, and not like you know when people say oh, I'm going 30 days because that's just not in the cards for me, but uh yeah just i'm chilling off uh on the booze for a minute and um i'm gonna i'm gonna drink a little bit for uh super bowl are you you got any parties lined up uh just a few friends over it's good food chicken wings got some like sandwiches from gold belly from pittsburgh being flown in and oh, nice. uh, yeah should be good okay so uh yeah i mean that's that's gonna be great i mean i'm sure we're gonna have all the buffalo chicken dip and all the beer that my stomach can handle Going to be rooting on uh, Brady to bring home. What is that number? Is that number, s- is that number seven? I don't I even know because I don't I think even care. How about that? I think it's seven. So you're going to be a Chiefs fan for the afternoon or the I'm evening. A, I'm going to be a don't let Brady win fan. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I got some money down. I don't. I, this is the first time I've ever bet on the Super Bowl. And I feel pretty confident because it was like plus 160. And, you know, they got the, the home field advantage. They got Brady. They got... I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good about the bet, but we'll see. Um, but as you always say, this is not a football podcast. So let's talk about hockey, shall we? Thank uh, you. Kind of a <laughs> uh, kind of a slow week. Uh, not much going on. We we're really going to dive into this whole Tony D'Angelo ordeal, as if you haven't heard it before. But we have some of our own personal takes on it. I guess uh, before we get into that, we have a little bit of news. Uh, St. Louis Blues uh, GM Doug Armstrong has been named Team Canada's general manager for the 2022 Olympic Games. Um, That's awesome. I know that uh, Luongo was involved as well, and there's been some speculation as far as uh, who's going to be playing for Team Canada. They they look like they might be uh, dangerous as per usual, don't you think? Yeah, but I mean, he's been the uh, he's been the GM now. I think what he was back in in 2016. Um, so it's either the second or third time in a row, if if I remember correctly, uh, in terms of being the, the GM here. So it's not new for him, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a nice thing to see for sure. And that was the last time the NHL was allowed to partake, correct? Uh, I have no idea. You'd know more than I would there probably. Oh. Well, I, I do know that the whole TJ Oshie thing, that, that, that was that year. That sounds like that would be about right. I, I, I'm sorry. I think I got mixed. So 2016, he was the world cup of hockey team Canada GM. But then okay. tw- I believe 2018 was the same thing. He was the the GM then as well. And now 2022, at least for those three, if not longer than that. Right on, right on. Yeah. And like, there's been all these mock-ups. We shared one actually on our Facebook page. Uh, and yeah, it looks like they could be lethal. I mean, it's just crazy to think that NHL is back playing Olympic games and, you know, we're going to be 
I, I got to pull that up because it blew my mind whenever I posted it. But there's, I mean, there's a lot of speculation, but obviously just thinking that McKinnon and McDavid are going to be on that top line. I mean, that's, that's crazy. And then you're following that up with Bergeron and, and Crosby. I mean, this is, uh, it's just going to be so much fun to watch. Um, obviously we're a ways away from that, but I also thought it was cool that Luongo was given the nod. I don't know what his exact role is, but I do know he's on the coaching staff and they, they interviewed him. Somebody interviewed him and they, he said he thought he was getting like a call to like, to, to look at like young prospects. He had no idea <laughs> whatsoever that he was going to have any input. So that's always exciting to see. I know everyone's a big fan of him and to see him continuing on in the world of hockey after he's done playing has been, is going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, can't wish him anything but the best. I mean, he went through a fucking riot in his career. So, uh, you know, I mean, the guy's always been taking, you know, tongue in cheek kind of guy, make jokes about everything, included himself. So he's always been a, always been a good dude for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, you know what, we, we didn't write this in our notes, but we should also bring up Lundqvist. Also just a stand-up guy, great goaltender all around. Uh, he checked in, what was that, via Instagram? Instagram or Twitter, one of the two. And he kind of just let everybody know that he's going through the healing process and he's doing great. He looked like he might have lost a little bit of weight. I mean, during this healing process, he's probably not. He's obviously not working out while, you know, recovering from open heart surgery. Um you, I mean, we've we've talked. I know, I know, I know how you feel already because I feel the same way. But do you, I mean, do you think there's a shed of hope that he returns to the game? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, there's going to have to be a lot of long-term testing done to make sure everything's good. And even then, I feel like there's still going to be some sort of risk that he would have to take to do so. And ultimately, it's going to be up to him and, and team doctors. I mean, I, I would honestly kind of be very surprised if he comes back in anything more than like a coaching or type capacity or something like that. Yeah. You know, and he was kind of ending his career anyways. He was on he was on, on his decline. He was wrapping it up. I mean, it was exciting to see, uh, you know, the new mask that he was going to have for the upcoming season. It's a bummer. It, um, but, you know, I do wish him absolutely nothing but the best. It's exciting to hear that he's... Uh, that he's doing so well in his recovery. Um, yeah. So, I mean, now that we got the good hearted shit out of the way, uh, let's talk about the, I, I feel like this is going to be our main topic for this episode. Good old Tony D Tony D'Angelo. Um, Rangers legend, Rangers legend. Uh, who else did he play for? He played for a couple of different teams and, and he barely made it a year on each team uh, due to his attitude. Um, basically uh, defenseman, Tony D'Angelo, if you're not, up to date uh he's a far right as you i guess you would say like his politics he's a very loudly spoken as far as politics goes so he was pretty loud on uh twitter um he was really getting engaged with a lot of twitter fights with fans as you would um yeah and he was uh he was placed on waivers by the new york rangers after an altercation in the tunnel actually wasn't even in the dressing room was in the tunnel uh against the uh, goaltender alexander georgiev uh, they lost in overtime to the Penguins that night. So the speculation is there was some sort of altercation on the ice, uh, miscommunication between him and Georgiev. He got mad that they lost the game. Uh, at that point, he had gone six games, one point with a negative five. So he's not he's not doing too hot anyways. Um, yeah. And then Kreider, of course, knocked him knocked him out cold is uh, from what I from what I heard. Uh, man, that would be amazing to. <laughs> they somehow leaked the the footage from that. 
Yeah, I mean that'd be that'd be wild. I mean the guy had. I mean it. it it's it's just this wild situation. Like he had a career year last year. I mean sixty eight games as a defenseman, fifteen goals, thirty eight assists, fifty three points, and a plus twelve on the Rangers, mind you. Like solid numbers, but later on in the year and like after after the the break, really, he just kind of went to went to shit. Um, to put it, you know, very bluntly. Um, you know, in the playoffs, you know, three games minus six, 16 penalty minutes. So, I mean, and then ever since then this year, not, not any good, but yeah, I'll also speak to it. that team you played to prior is a, it was like a half a season with the, with the Yotes. So, um, either way. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, the fact that I think the situation was he would just make multiple people in the locker room uncomfortable and there are just multiple reports about him making people uncomfortable. And the GM finally stepped in and was like, Stop this shit. If I hear something else happens, you're done. And so what does he do? I think I think the context is he made a stupid play in overtime and led to the game winning goal against him. So the goalie got pissed off at him and they got in a fight and then everything happened. So just yeah, I don't I don't know what the hell's going on with, with, with him. And I mean, apparently there's a lot of interest in trading for him, especially the Rangers retained a bunch of his uh contract. So that'll be uh that'll be interesting to see what happens there. But uh more importantly, what about that uh, that Twitter handle? <laughs> oh, what was that New York New York Ranger fan like eighty eight? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, some crazy stuff. Let's talk about that. I mean, you're a little bit more educated about that than I are than I am because you you love all that trolling shit. So, like, basically, he started a burner account. Is that what we're? Is that what happened? I mean, the the, the way the way I hear it is like it wasn't interesting. It's like I don't even like follow the guy. It's just like shows up in my feed and it's just hilarious, but. Just some account that swears he's not Tony D'Angelo, but all he does on his account is only defend Tony D'Angelo. And someone sent him like an IP grabber link and he ended up, you know, clicking it in the DMs. And it was from a Pittsburgh IP and the Rangers were playing in Pittsburgh at that time. So it was very, uh, very interesting. This has very interesting conversations. But I mean, I, I highly doubt it's him. Whoever's doing it is a, doing a hell of a troll job. But uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. I don't I don't think it's him. I Because, I mean, the, the humor is too golden. It's too amazing. I mean, and if it is him, he's clearly dealing with some sort of mental illness situation. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he was engaging and arguing with people on the Internet. But, I mean, that just is next level, to be honest. Um, you know, for me, I'll be surprised if a team deals with him after this. I mean, this wasn't his first strike. I mean, you could look at this as like three full strikes. Unfortunately, talent does speak over morals uh, a lot in professional sports. Um, But I mean, I just don't think, I just don't think he's that great. I mean, he doesn't have enough of a past history of being great other than last season for someone to take on not only the contract, which is, he just signed a two-year deal uh, worth nine point six million, so it's through twenty twenty-two. The Rangers I mean, retained half of that. I mean, why yeah, not? I guess. Yeah, I mean, so they'd have to be willing to maybe give up like a third or fourth rounder, uh, retain half the salary, just to get this asshole off their bench. And I mean, I, I good for them. You know, I mean, they're they're a good team, and I know that they're underperforming. I know a lot of people were expecting big things from them, uh, and they're they're not doing too hot. Um, last i checked what were they like two and two and six something something like that um which is okay so they're three and four um not not doing too good but i mean once you get rid of a locker room cancer and maybe they might all rally behind that because yeah if this guy was as really as evil and you know 
racist because that that's a that's a big part of it is you know people are saying that this guy's said slurs over the years and he's been verbally abusive to his teammates and he's been physically abusive to referees and officials it's if he's that bad then getting him out of the locker room and getting everybody to bond and and move on together they they might turn the season around they might not you know be as shitty as they have been um there's no reason to think that they wouldn't be scary at least offensively um so yeah i mean I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on another team. I'm, I guess it's sounding like you think that somebody is going to take a chance on him. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, I'd be shocked if they didn't. I mean, young, solid offensive D talent is hard to come by. And not necessarily offensive D talent, but, but relatively good defensive. Like I said before, he fell off the wagon after the quarantine last year. But either way, like, take a chance on him. And at the end of the day, if some shit happens, you just cut him loose, too. And, you know it is what it is type of a thing. But again, what teams want to take that gamble? Who knows? Quite honestly. Okay. So yeah, he, he was drafted by Stevie. Y. Uh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, he was drafted by, uh, by the lightning. Uh, he never played for them. And then he went to Arizona, played half a season, horrible, uh, plus minus. I mean, it looks like he was decent, you know, putting up 14 points in 39 games. But I mean, with the Rangers, I mean, yeah, he had a career year. But I mean, other than that, it, <laughs> clearly they, they decided he wasn't worth it. And um, I guess it's only up for them, right? Because they are in last place in their division. Uh, they are three, four and two. I mean, granted, eight points. I mean, there's only basically two points separating them from. There's two points separating them from three points. Sorry, three points separating them from a playoff spot. Jeez, get your is, math together. Yeah, Ugh. it's all the uh, the caffeine that's going to my head now. Um, not, not the liquor. Surprise, surprise. No, not the liquor. Not it, to be honest with you, I'm actually a little bit more uh, distraught without having the booze. But I have to, you know, I got to get used to it. I think some might call that a a little bit of a dependency, if you if you will. But. Uh, <laughs> call it what you want but don't start slurring your fucking words yeah <laughs> well and i'm nervous because i got a hockey game myself tonight and i normally normally have a few to relax and uh, as you can see i know you see my social media i'm kind of the kind of a big deal this season you know putting up some points leading my team in points we're seven and zero going into tonight but that's besides the point um so yeah um yeah tony d'angelo being a, a tony douchebag but uh, I don't think that that's the last we'll we'll hear from him. I guess we'll we'll find out soon. He wasn't picked up on waivers, so there's going to have to be some sort of trade in place. Um, yeah, I personally just don't think he's impressive enough to deal with um, past problems, especially if they involve racism. It's just never acceptable. Um, yeah, and I'd, I'd like to see the team rally behind it. Time will tell. Time will tell. But yeah, I mean, anyways, moving on from that. Yeah, as we know, uh, what, two nights ago, Tuesday. Uh, Blues Coyotes game. Blues finally had fans in attendance, about fourteen hundred. Um, finally joined a few other uh, people. Uh, Stars, Panthers, Coyotes, uh, Predators. I believe are starting to. I don't know if they've had a home game yet, so I don't know if they've actually had fans in attendance yet. But um, yeah, current cap fourteen hundred fans. Uh, potentially increasing that if if things go well. Um, but yeah, that's ultimately the uh, the situation there as as we speak so are you uh, are you at all surprised by that because i know in one of our first episodes of this season we both thought that st louis was kind of be 
like one of the last markets to open up. I disagreed with that. You you thought that. And my, my, okay. whole, my whole point was Kansas City Chiefs are in Kansas City, Missouri. Yes, it's an outdoor stadium, but you can have all these fans there in the same state, but not have 1,400 fans scattered across a, a, a 20,000, arguably almost 20,000 capacity arena. Like, come on. That's just political bullshit, quite honestly, at the end of the day. And they finally figured a way out to, to justify it a bit. And we'll see how it uh, how it goes on. But uh, I mean, I, yeah, it didn't surprise me. I, I mean, I, I thought it would have happened a little sooner than it did. But I mean, I get the the small number and ramping up because the last thing you want to do is cause an outbreak. So, right. Yeah. Which we're which we're kind of seeing right now. Um, and, and I have a note here, you know, basically asking, you know, do you think this is a smart move for teams to, to already be allowing fans in the stands uh, as of right yeah, now? I mean, I don't I don't see it being a problem. The fans are literally at least I mean, I don't even think they're even like like in, in most places. I don't think they're even sitting on the same side as where the. Yeah, the no, I noticed are. that. And they removed. I don't know if you saw that today. They removed the, the glass behind the benches because they think yeah, that, that might right. help air it out. I mean, they're definitely doing all that they can. It just seems like. Um, a wild time to do that. I mean, I'm excited and I'm hoping that I can attend a, a hockey game this year. You know, uh, I know that you have plans to attend one in the desert, I believe, Nine right? days from now. Holy shit, dude. No way. It's that, that soon. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just more <sighs> concerned about the whole situation with, uh, like the, for example, the blues was the wild coming up, but one game is postponed due to COVID is the second one going to be postponed. Who knows? And then before that, they're supposed to play, I think the avalanche again, who just had two people land on the COVID list. So like, if they're going to play them, is there a chance that they get infected and the games get canceled? You know what I mean? So, right. Well, it's not just two, two players. It's, it's McKinnon, right? I believe. I mean, yeah, but you don't you don't cancel uh, you don't postpone a game for one player. You, you no, no. Okay, so yeah, and you know what? It's good to talk about that because I know some people were confused as to why the Knights postponed their games because Pet Petrangelo was the only uh player that was in protocol, but their whole coaching staff Correct. was. Yeah. So uh that it, obviously they're gonna try to push forward, and as of right now, uh, there's no word whether or not Petrangelo is going to play or whether DeBoer is going to be on the the bench. Um, but I mean, you know, we're looking at 90 plus players that are on that are going through COVID protocol right now. Uh, there's 14 players on the Devils alone. You got players like Taylor Hall, Kuznetsov, Petrangelo, now McKinnon. Um, yeah, and I had I had no idea that. Uh, basically the whole process is if a player tests positive, uh, they have to quarantine for 10 days yep. and then they can spend an additional four days, I guess, um, getting ready. And then they have to pass tests for four days, I guess one test a day, or I don't, I don't know what they do before they can return to the team. Um, that sounds accurate to me. It, yeah. It just, it, it's just crazy. We're, we're seeing teams postpone games. I know a lot of analysts are talking about how the season might come down to percentage of wins and not every team is going to play the full 56 games. I mean, I, what don't, do you I don't agree with that. I mean, we, we saw it firsthand. I mean, if you're a baseball fan or not, you saw it firsthand with the Cardinals. They had the worst COVID related problems in the league and they played a full season still in a shortened season. Like, yeah, does baseball have more back to back games and, and whatnot? Sure. But I mean, things will get played out. I'm not, it's it's going to happen. I'm sure there's probably a contingency to maybe either extend the season or even at most case cap the games at a certain number for teams at the very worst. I would feel like so it's even I would be very shocked if 
you get to a point where it's like, oh, one team has played, you know, 58 games and the other has played, you know, 45. That, that, this is not going to happen, I feel like. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's one thing that we we agree on. I, I, I think they're going to do everything in their power to finish the season. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm a little shocked that it has gone this south this quickly just because they did such a great job keeping it contained in the bubble. Now, granted, you're in a different country. You know, the protocols are a lot stricter. Um, but it's just, you know, it's it's crazy that tomorrow night will be the first time that the Golden Knights have played a game in 10 games and 10 days, days. Yeah. 10 days. Yeah. And, you know, when you have a schedule of back to back so much, it's just crazy. It's uh, and I, I hope the season goes more smoothly, obviously, with the vaccine rolling out, um, which is something I was talking about, too. Do you think that these players, wh- why why aren't they getting the vaccine? Like you're seeing the vaccine being readily available at like it's not, Walgreens. It's, it's not it's it's not really readily available at Walgreens for for everybody though. It's that's the thing. It's it's certain individuals. You can't buy a thing that's made for the public like this. Like that's not how it works. And if you did, you just to honestly it's a shitty thing to do just to play a hockey game personally. So right. you got to wait your turn and do everything else in the meantime. So I, but I just wonder if there are players that have done it. You know, I, like are, I doubt they, it. I'd be very shocked. That's crazy because I, you know, I have I have a handful of friends that have already gotten the vaccine, um, you know, in very common situations. So, I, you know, if I was a professional athlete, I'd, I would probably go, you know, leaps and bounds to get my hands on the stuff. I mean, yeah, but at the end of the day, like, it's not about paying money. It's about making it available to everybody and high risk and trickle it down. So anyways, yeah, it's you got to play through it. And even with the vaccine, like you can still spread it potentially. So it's like it's not going to solve the problem. So. It's, it's just a situation you eventually just have to deal with and, and do the right thing. And yeah, I mean, you even wonder all these people that have tested positive, what have they possibly done that's caused them to get it on their own that we'll never know about or hear about or, or anything. So, well, you know, man, dude, locker rooms are gross. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that, not, that's, that's just, my point though, is like locker, just... locker rooms are one thing, but like outside of the rink with family, where's your wife been? Where have your kids been? Where have you been? Are you wearing a mask when you're supposed to be like, well, what's going on? Like stuff we'll never know, never hear about. So, right. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, before we get into questions, uh, I, I really think we should, we should talk about that tweet that we, we were sharing earlier, um, as far as uh fault goes, because I know, um, you know, a lot of people were questioning, you know, Justin Falk when he came to the Blues. Why well, not at first? People were excited. You know, great contract. I think it was like a six by six uh, or somewhere in that ballpark. And I think a lot of people were thinking, wow, what a steal, especially if Petrangelo doesn't stick around. Obviously, Petrangelo does not stick around. So we're looking, you know, towards Falk and, and Pareko to kind of be, you know, the head honchos as far as the, you know, the back end goes. Um, and, that, you know, he had a, he had a rough start. To say the least, I know a lot of people were quickly uh, turning their heads and were hoping that he gets picked up in the expansion draft uh, that's going to be going on at the end of the season for Seattle. But yeah, Jeremy Rutherford posted that, uh, you know, basically Justin Falk has been on the ice for 16 goals and for four goals against. So the 16 goals are the most for any NHL defenseman and the four four goals against the fewest of any D man who has played 180 plus minutes five on five. Which is so, basically yeah, basically a top four, top two guy. Yeah, and I mean I know that sounds like it's pretty wordy. It's a pretty wordy stat, almost cherry picked a little bit, but I mean he looks great. I mean he's he's playing awesome. I think he's stepped up in a big way. 
I, you know, I, I preach all the time that it takes, um, effort and time for players to get adjusted to new teams. Um, some people have a threshold that is lighter than that. I expect players to excel immediately. Um, where do you, where do you sit on that? Do you think he's going to continue to excel? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you can really do better than what he's done currently, but I mean, if he's consistent enough that close to what he's at right now, I mean, can't really complain, but then it's going to cre- it creates, it creates a very interesting scenario for the expansion draft. If he does keep playing this well. So, um, I mean, the flip side of it is you're happy with what you see. I mean, is it sustainable? We're talking, you know, 10 games in, so will it, you know, keep up who knows, but at the end of the day, like what else can he ask for in a defenseman right now doing the job, you know, highlight real goals even, um, and, you know, just, just playing damn good defense is, is what he's asked to do and chipping in on offense where he, he finds the opportunity to do so. Like that's kind of your ideal situation. I feel like across all, all scenarios. So as long as it keeps up, you know, somewhat close to this, I have no complaints, but again, if he does like, what do you do for expansion? That, that becomes a whole nother problem. I think it's the mustache. I think that <laughs> his, his glorious mustache has brought him to the ranks of eliteness. Uh, yeah, it's great. Um, he's doing good. Uh, three goals, one assist, four points, plus 11, 10 games. Not too shabby for a defenseman. I think he's, he's playing very well for this contract. Um, yeah, absolutely. I hope he keeps it up. Uh, right now, there is the Blues game on. We're kind of uh, we're, we're doing this during... Oh no, three to nothing, huh? Yeah, they they look messy, man. They look very sloppy. Um, what's your takeaway? I mean, I I know we were talking about you know these back to backs, and and I can't remember what the name of the theory is, but there's some sort of guy who made a, a handsome living off of sports bets, where he would he would um, go really hard on the underdog for game one, and this is whenever they were playing back to back games or. Yeah like in a series, he would go really hard on the underdog for game one. And then if they won, you stop betting. But if they lost, you double down on them to win the second game. Because the theory is that you you lose your first game and you're pissed off and you rally and you do everything you can to win the second game. Um, Do you think that that's kind of what's going on right now with this game? Or do you think that we have something to worry about with the blues in general? I mean, I think that's kind of how it's been across the board. I mean, I could, I can definitely look into it. I haven't done really a analysis on it, but I feel like that's kind of how it's been is especially playing the same team. And I mean, it's kind of like almost like a mini playoff series, right? You play two games, you lose one, you're pissed off, you come back and you, you push to win, win the next. And, and I think that's again, what's going to keep a lot of these divisions close because you're going to have a lot of back-to-back games or two series games where one team wins, one team loses and nobody gains ground or nobody loses ground. So I think it's going to make again, that last month of the season, probably very interesting because things can fucking go who knows what way, depending on an injury or, you know, teams just clicking at the right time or, or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of how it is. Like no one needs to go out there and like, it's, it's one thing to like, you know, I don't know, even like take the Red Wings, for example, to go out and, you know, know you're playing like, let's say, you know, Washington, Tampa, you know, maybe not even the division, but, you know, top teams in the East, all four in a row. And you're like, oh, this is going to fucking suck versus we just got our fucking shit handed to us by a top team and we play them again tomorrow or in two days. Like, 
let's figure out how to fix this and do better. And the games tend to be a lot closer, or a lot tighter or whatever the case may be, because then it's one thing you just watch tape. It's another to actually play against them, understand the system, know what's coming anticipate it a bit better and, and things like that. So, yeah, I you're going to yeah. you're going to you're going to get a good idea. That's why they always say what I think it's like 78 percent of the teams that win game one in a seven game series wind up winning the series because like they're they they get that upper the upper advantage but then you still have time to figure out your opponent right. and and as you said these teams are just playing each other repeatedly um you know we're not they're not divisions aren't playing divisions they're all playing within each other which is why why uh the senators are one and eight right now um yeah it looks like they might actually win this one though it might be yeah, it might be two and eight because there's a minute left against the Canadians and they're winning three to two. So no, don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the Senators are hot garbage, man. They just look horrible. Yeah. Um, and they're not even I guess they're not even in they're not even in last place. No, they are. Yeah, they are. OK, so, yeah, they're not doing too hot. The Canucks aren't doing too great. And oh. I mean, the Canadians and the Leafs are kind of kind of running with it. Yeah, I, I I hear you there completely. Um, yeah, as I say, two two interesting things to point out. Um, first, just one thing to note: Patrick Laine, first goal with the Blue Jackets tonight. Blue Jackets beat yep. the Stars four to three. Yep. Are we um, going to talk about Ovi? Did you see the Ovi? I have. He scored. He scored his seven hundred ninth goal, so that puts him in seventh place as far as uh, all time goal scorers. Good for him. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be close what happens with the Gretzky he, record. He, he ain't gonna he ain't gonna sniff it. That's but, my opinion. But listen to this. Here's what's interesting. So I was just scrolling Twitter for a second. Apparently those blues games against Colorado this weekend just got postponed. Oh. Um however, they're hearing that the blues may try to schedule Arizona for those games instead. So what that if that means that we're gonna be playing Arizona ten times this year and then Avalanche <laughs> six, I don't know. Or if we're just take, gonna push, take it. push Avalanche <laughs> back to, to make it even, I don't know. But Apparently that's Ugh. a thing you're realistically being discussed. So literally, wow. like, 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 get this. This is literally almost playoff series esque because you would have Arizona on Tuesday of this week, Arizona today on Thursday, Arizona on Saturday, Arizona on Sunday, and then literally next weekend you have Air- Blues at the Coyotes, Arizona Coyotes, wow. Saturday and or sorry, Saturday and Monday. Yeah, that's so literally six games within like ten days. I couldn't see, I couldn't see that meaning that they're going to play a team more than another. I because that that wouldn't be fair, right? I, I mean, mean I, just... I don't disagree, but at the same time, like, I mean, at the same time, like, imagine like being in the division last year where you have the fucking Red Wings to beat up on, you know, six, seven, eight times a year. Like, how is that fair to a team that plays in the Central where all the teams are competitive? You know what I mean? Right. Right. Wow. So. Either way, yeah, man, one hell, one hell of a shit show year, right? It's yeah. it's crazy. So, uh, that's you know, that's I I want to get a few extra questions in. So let's just go dive right into the questions. And I, I think this is a good leeway because uh, Elijah Zenzelmeyer, which I'm sure I've butchered your name multiple times <laughs> on the show, uh, he wants to know: Do you think we'll at very least have 50 percent capacity in the stands for playoffs? Uh. uh- the word uh, me, let me let me start just because the word very least like rubs you know rubs my tits the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think we should be thankful if we get fifty percent. Uh, what, what do you? I, think? I, I would I would probably say across the board, you're probably looking at like thirty, maybe forty, when you have to factor in all the socially distant stuff and and all that all that jazz. But 
that's that's my take on it. So I mean, and that then and I would say maybe you can get the fifty percent in, in places like Arizona, maybe places like Dallas, um, Florida, if they make the playoffs, stuff like that. But uh, I I don't see it, you know, happening unless between now and 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 May slash June, the, this vaccine just accelerates the rollout. Yeah, shit goes away, you know, all that they, stuff. Which they is just unlikely. exploded into the air and we all breathe it in and we're <laughs> right. all good. Jeez. Yeah. You know, I like we don't need to get into it. We don't need to get into like politics or anything. But I will say at first I was a little standoffish on the idea of a vaccine. But now I'm like, you know, just if you had to inject it directly into my nutsack, like Jesus. just to, just if it meant just if it meant the world going back to normal, I would do it in a, in a heartbeat in a heart fucking beat. So um Hopefully it becomes more readily available, like you said, um, and we can see that. But I, I, I don't see 50% being a thing because they're not even doing that for the Super Bowl, right? It's pro- I mean, yeah. I'm, we're, I know we're looking at a much bigger situation here, but uh, the capacity is, is, is definitely not going to be that high when you, when you have indoor situation. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's talk. Uh, let's do a question from nephew Barnes. He says, who do you guys think will take the crease for Washington? When Samson off comes back, I would imagine it would be a split, uh, but Vanacek, I probably butchered that name. Vanacek, Vanacek, yeah. Vanacek has definitely earned an extended stay. Um, I'll, I'll let mean, you start. I mean, do you see it? I mean, yes, but I feel like this question was asked uh prior to uh to his last game i believe uh but i mean yeah his last his last two games haven't been i mean really his last his last four games haven't really been amazing like he's had over a three three goals against average his last four games i mean his first few were were okay but i mean at the same time like if he's just playing okay i mean he could probably split it at first and maybe go with the hot hand but i feel like at this point um samsonov has, has got his uh right to, to claim it back at this point with the way he sort of tailed off in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think either of them have like completely proven themselves to solidify a number one, number two situation. Yeah. They're just, right. they're, they're just going to ride the hot hand as yep. they should too. I mean, that's, I, you know, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of teams that are bouncing back and forth between their goalies. Um, the blues actually have not been one of them. So hopefully they don't overwork Bennington. That's, a, that's another topic altogether, but, um, yeah, they're going to ride the hot hand. That, that that's the e- that's the easy out answer, I guess. Um but yeah, I mean with it being a shortened season and with us seeing a lot of back-to-backs especially against the same team, uh yeah, you're just going to see a lot of a lot more tandeming situation going on. So now that he's back in the picture, uh it's going to yeah, I mean the, the short answer like I said is just they're going to ride whoever's hot. Yep. Um, so yeah, I know we have, let's do two more. Let's do two more questions. We'll wrap it up. We'll watch the end of this shit show. That is the blues game. Um, I, I am not prepared. I am not prepared. That's the honest answer. Uh, okay. So let's see. How would you rate? Uh, so sorry, Nick man, McMahon, wants to know how would you rate the job? The NHL has been doing with COVID this regular season compared to the playoff bubble. Obviously, it's much harder to do a bubble with a regular season, but do you think that they've done well? Um, I think it's been pretty shitty, but I mean, it's hard. It's a hard job, right? I mean, it's you're not you're not keeping you know track of every player and what they're doing, and 
as you said, what what's their family members are doing? Like, are they wearing their mask when they should? What you know? What are their locker room antics? You know, all all that. Um, it's hard. It's much harder, especially they were all cooped up in that bubble, right? So when they went home, who's to know? You know how they retaliated, and and then also on top of that, you don't know how each state is because you know each state has their own rules to what's going on and what you can't do if you're going to go out to dinner or if you can go to the grocery store. Yeah, it's hard to not say that they're not doing too bad, but hopefully the, they're making the, the proper steps to to keep it under wraps a little bit more. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, they're doing everything they can. They're getting tested, what, every day? I mean, I mean the, the issue is they're, using the, they're, they're not using a combination of the PCR and rapid test, from my understanding. It's just the PCR test, which takes anywhere from 12 to 24 hours to, to get results back on. So um, obviously it's a lot more accurate than, than the rapid testing. But like you said, yeah, in the bubble, you're not traveling. Everyone's staying in the same spot, quarantining, and, and that's the end of it versus teams traveling to different cities, hotels. There's not someone to keep tabs on every single person, exactly what their movements are at all times. And I'm sure there's curfews and strict rules, but obviously we saw the Ovechkin situation play out and I'm sure other players have done the same thing, just probably hasn't been reported or caught. So, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's you're doing the best you can. And I mean, people just have to take accountability for it, I feel like. And if it happens, it happens. That's kind of what you signed up for. You had a chance to opt out and you're here and you're, you're here for the long haul. And really, that's it, in my opinion. So. All right. Last question. Uh, Vinny Ville uh, from Instagram uh, wants to know, what do you think the Knights power play could use? It seems like it's a thing that they've been struggling with for quite some time. Thank God the penalty kill has gotten better, though. Uh, thanks. So I know that somebody asked this question before, and I was like way too drunk and tired to answer. It. Sounds <laughs> I was right. Like, I was like, "Fuck it, like do whatever. I don't care." And I think I did off. I did bring up that their, you know, their penalty kill is great. You know, they've actually been really good as far as that goes, but their power play has been lacking some for the desire for sure. Um, I think net front presence is is the solution. You know, I think that. We talked about it last year. They don't have anybody in front of the net, like a big body to deflect shots and, and to you know screen the goalie. And I don't understand why they haven't placed somebody like Tuck or you know even Revo. Uh, you know I know that's kind of crazy to bring up a fourth line, you know hustler uh, to put them on your power play. But I mean, hey, it worked for Tampa, right? I mean that's yeah. that's what I would be. That's my suggestion is they need not necessarily they need. Uh, somebody else out there, like they need to go out and find a power play specialist because they, that's what they really wanted out of Petrangelo, uh, yep. some shots from the blue line. I, I just think that they need somebody in front of the net. Um, what, what, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about it in the past when they've struggled before. And my, my joke has always just been, is going to score? No, but is going to give you net front presence? Yes, just throw Reeves out there and see what happens. They're like, they've never done it really. Like they put them out there as a joke, like, oh, we're up five with, with four minutes left, put Revo on the power play, right? It's like, okay, but you don't have net front presence at all. And, you know, maybe he gets the one that's just can slide it in the net. Who knows? But he just caused a bit more disruption there. And again, going back to playoffs of last year too, like nothing's really working. So why not try some other shit and then see if it sticks? And even if it doesn't, you know, even if he's out there temporarily and you guys start scoring, it just builds the confidence there. And you can then kind of phase in your your more, you know, top offensive player back in and Reeves spot and, you know, go from there. That That's my opinion. Yeah, it's worth a shot. I think maybe we might see teams as soon as they secure 
their their playoff spots, we might see teams explore a little bit more with some players, maybe some some guys from the taxi squad potentially. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think that that's the the answer to that, and that about wraps up the episode this week. Uh, how how you feeling with our uh, our little uh, fantasy league? How how you feeling so far? I mean, probably gonna take the number one spot after this week, so you know, pretty good. Is that is that for sure? Are I you mean, looking? Are you looking pretty good. The way stuff's shaping up. I mean, it's just dumb. Like the way I've drafted, like it's almost impossible for me to lose goals, assists, power play points, shots on goals. So, like I'm almost guaranteed to win four categories, and if I can just deal with my shit goaltending. And win one or two of those, like I, I'm gonna win. Like it, it's just, right. It, it's just dumb. Granted, we're in an eight team league, so you know building it the way I did is just easy. But uh, yeah, it's just it's it's silly. Well, uh, it, it looks like you're in third place too, at 21 points and and low. Uh, I'm just destroying her so far this week. So she's good. in first place, dude. What's blowing my mind is Patrick. What a surprise! He's in second place, and I think he's gotten kind of lucky. Um, cause he doesn't yeah. really, he doesn't really have a great team. Uh, he's he also has the least amount of games played for his players this week, probably due to COVID. So that's, yeah, no, he, he definitely on. is. He definitely is. Cause he's got some Islanders. He's got, um, Buffalo, um, yeah. Colorado. It's yeah. And that sucks. We we've done everything we can though. We've added moves. We added bench spots. We we're doing everything we can. I mean, we really, at the end of the day, we can't blame it on that because yep. we're all, we're all dealing with it. 100%. We're all dealing with it. So yeah, I think I put it out on Twitter. I was like, who else is struggling with, uh, with the whole ordeal. So let us know uh, how many players you've had to put uh, on your IR plus and what you've been doing to kind of survive with your fantasy league. Uh, make sure you uh, check us out on Facebook. That's where we're our most active. Facebook.com slash fourth line goon. Um, it's about it, really. Uh, we got some 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 good hockey to look forward to this next weekend. I know I'm excited for the Knights to finally come back. And uh, we'll chat with you guys next week. Cheers, everybody. Later, guys.